This episode has been brought to you by the Manhattan Toy Company. Do you lament the fact that your kids have way too many toys strewn all over the house only to have lost interest in many of them because they haven't forged any real attachment? Velveteen rabbit syndrome is real, and I think it's up to us as parents and caretakers to teach our children how fun it can be to use toys as a tool to spark their imagination and curiosity. No overstimulating lights, sounds, or gadgets needed. I have partnered with Manhattan Toy Company, which was founded in 1978 and has stood the test of time because there's something so special and scientifically proven about toys that are thoughtfully crafted to promote the right challenge at the right time, from teething to gross and fine motor skills to social emotional learning and pretend play. My youngest son loved his wooden baby beads, which worked on his motor skill development like grasping, shaking, and reaching when he was first learning to crawl. My toddler daughter adores the Playdate Friends collection. I smile when I see how nurturing of a person she is when she's pretending to feed her doll in a booster chair or take her for a walk in a stroller. And it helps that it's machine washable too. My other son and daughter's twin enjoys the Making Faces magnet set where he can manipulate the faces to have glasses or feel glad, sad, or mad to mirror how he's feeling. Save 20% on your next purchase using the search term MomSense when you visit the website ManhattanToy.com to redeem your unique 20% off code. You and your kids will fall in love with this brand just as we have. Hi, this is Jeannie Blue, Creative Director of Manhattan Toy Company, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. Hi, it's Kanika, and I'm back with a brand new season of That's Total Mom Sense, where I interview parenting experts, world-renowned thought leaders, best-selling authors, and trailblazing entrepreneurs on their incredible life stories and mom sense experiences. Hi, I'm Gabby Bernstein, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. It's me, Bobby Brown, on Total Mom Sense. Can't wait to share my story. Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. Pandemic or not, these episodes will inspire you to make every single day count. Episodes release on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Join my tribe and subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Little kids tend to bond with their stuffed animals or their Stellas. I mean, they, they often will pick a toy and like that's their little friend. And then they're modeling the good behavior that, that they're learning from their moms. They're seeing how their moms take care of them. So they are applying that to their little friends that they love. So these toys are fun to play with for the kids, but they're also skill building. As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that Total Mom Sense.
Are you worried your kids are addicted to their screens and are not using their imagination and curiosity enough? Do you feel like toys and gadgets have taken over your home and you just want to go back to the basics with minimal things for your babies and kids to play with that happen to be decoration pieces too? Today, I'm joined by the creative director of Manhattan Toy Company, Jeannie Blue, who is going to share her special connection to toys and why the brand is so intentional about serving parents with thoughtfully crafted toys that stand the test of time and are made to peak a child's development at every stage. Jeannie Blue began her career as a graphic designer and illustrator and decided to take time off when she had her own children. During that time, she took on various part-time pursuits, including being a muralist, painter, and co-owned a gift and furniture store. When she made her foray back into the corporate world, she was the illustrator at a stationery company, a trend director at a gift and stationery company, and became creative director of Manhattan Toy since 2014. Jeannie, it is a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's start from your childhood. What was your upbringing like? Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in, it was really like the country. It it was close to a lake. It was lots of woods around and not many kids around. So I felt very bored, actually, as a little kid. But I think in a way it was, it was good. I, I do think it's good for kids to be bored because they start using their imaginations, which is what I did. I, I made inventions. A, I had a little leather strap. That was my, my rein that I would ride the horse around <laughs> in the woods. I mean, just goofy stuff. And, a, you know, a box of dress-up clothes, too. So that's how I spent my childhood. We also, as I was a little older, we had uh, comic books. The Archie comics were popular. Mm-hmm. So I had... Anybody I could find, I made them be characters and we acted out plays and things like that. So I felt like I always wanted to live in the city and have sidewalks. But in the end, it might actually, and I'm actually feeling a little nostalgic for that time I had just being alone with my imagination. Tell us about your motherhood journey. Well, I wasn't one who like dreamed of having kids or anything like that. I just sort of you know, it felt like the time was right. And so I decided to, but, you know, really went in with no expectations. I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I really, really loved it. My kids, they're still like, it's, I feel like it's the best decision I ever made, really. So I loved that time I had with them. And I feel like I just relate to kids and animals even today. So not a super firm decision, but in the end, it was it was really a great time of life. Yes. And tell us about your two kids. Well, I have Eva and Nicholas, and they're only 17 months apart. So Eva has her own bitterness for having to share her parents and the attention too soon. You know, we had a, a good time together. We we played together. We usually would try to go outside, do one sort of outing every day, and pretty simple and quiet. Um, if I was making something, they'd want to make the same thing. So we would do paintings together, or I played the violin back then too. So 
my daughter had a little kitchen tool. I think it was a cheese grater or something. And she pretended to play the violin while I was practicing. So we just sort of that, you know, that was sort of our daily life. We just kind of hung out together and played and made stuff. Wow. I love that. Um, Well, tell us about how you created a career around toy design. Well, I was, I had been working in stationery and gift for many years and I think the timing was right. This opportunity came up. It wasn't anything I sought out. I want to be a toy designer, but I look at design as as sort of a bigger picture. It's you can apply it to any category. It can you can apply it to furniture design or bath and body or I would most anything. So the idea that to to marry up a design sensibility with a toy company and I felt like I could I could uh, make a change within this role. I had a vision for it, and and uh, so very happy that I did make the change. But but it it did it just sort of uh, it happened. It wasn't anything I went to school for or or tried to do. Yeah, tell us about the team at Manhattan Toy. Oh, we have a terrific team here. Again, when I started, I wasn't from the toy industry, so there are a lot of naivete in that, right? I just come in, I've got ideas, I've got design I want to accomplish and all this stuff I can do. But really, there is a learning curve to it because there's a lot of safety issues with kids' toys. There's certain fabrics you can use or can't use. There's certain ages that toys are appropriate for those ages. And, and when their kids are so little, starting at zero as the months go by, those developmental stages change really quickly. So different toys are appropriate for the age stages and the skill set, skill building and the, all of that. So that there was a learning curve there. I fully admit that, that, that that took me a while to get. But it also leads to the team. None of them came from a toy background either. And so I was able to build the team. We're a team of eight. And I think two people were here when I started, but they have varied backgrounds. We've got someone who is a went to FIT for uh, fashion design. And so she's great at, at pattern making. So when we're doing plush or, or Lego or anything like that, that skill set serves her well as a toy maker too, plus her design sensibility. So that's one example. We've got another person who happens to be really he wasn't trained as an engineer, but he is an engineer. And so all of these toys that we make that have all these complex activities and just the, the functionality, that's what he brings to the table. And, and many of his toys, in fact, the last two years, his designs have been nominated for Toady Awards, which is Toy of the Year Award. Wow. So he collaborates. So, so he's got the engineering skill. And then also, uh, we have an art school in town called uh, the Minneapolis College of Art and Design. And every year, the graduating class has an open house. Uh, And so I've hired a couple of illustrators directly from that program as they're graduating. So, So we've got the engineer and match him up with an illustrator. So all the charming art and drawings that are on the toys. Then I think that's 
a winning combo then. So we've got, so that variety of, of skill sets we have really uh, enables us to kind of do what we need to do or want to do. It's, it's like uh, nothing's beyond our, our scope. Right. Wow. Can you talk about the research and the inspiration for each of the collections? I do think this is our secret weapon. The trend research informs us about how are moms decorating their nurseries? What do they care about? What lifestyle things are happening? How are colors and palettes shifting from year to year? And so we just look at the world of design in a big picture. And this is usually what I devote the beginning of every year on. I typically do a lot of travel to gather this intel. This year, haven't been able to, so I've been relying on some of our trend services and, you know, various places, um, Instagram, Pinterest. I look at all of those things, fashion, home, beauty, just really the big world of design and try to identify the areas that make sense for us and that we hope will uh, connect with moms and gift givers. Right. Right. Your space is covers kind of four themes, if you will. There's soothing, skill building and physical interaction, social emotional development, and imaginative play. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really uh, incredible that you've zeroed in on the four main things that are unique to babies and kids and what they're interested in. Yeah. So can we talk about the um, the collections around that. Yes. So soothing, you're a mom too. You bring this new creature home and it, it you know, it, it cries. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you, is it hungry? Is it cold? Is it, you know? So I think one of the first things that are, that's important to moms is like, how do I, how do I make, make the creature happy? How do we, how do I soothe? What will, what will soothe it? What will, I keep calling it an it, sorry. Yeah, no, but I get it. I mean, <laughs> when you're first kind of thrust to the, to the role as mom, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, you produce this human being. Yeah. Now, how are we going to take care of it? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, things that they can, you know, that are, that are soft, that, are, that they can snuggle with, that feel good against their skin or that they can teeth against that's a little bit a couple months down the road but but just this whole idea of comfort and making them you know they can't tell you what's wrong so so I think we try to make things that will help help along the way with that right and then on to um visual development that's interesting yeah we have a line called Wimmer Ferguson and this is a very research-based collection when babies first come home, they are really just barely able to focus. And um, that is that skill, that visual skill is not quite developed. So, so this line of toys really targets that. So the first is um, uh, simple black and white graphics. And it is, it is amazing. Babies, they see that, that and anything high contrast that really mesmerizes them because it helps with that focusing. And so as their their visual acuity develops over these early months, so does the, the, toy, the toy options do. So there's the simple black and white, then it moves up to complex black and white, including little images of 
human faces because that's also something that we've found through the research is very appealing to babies is to see human faces. So that's mm-hmm. part of the more complex. Then it goes into simple color and from there more complex color shapes. So one of the most popular toys is called the Stimmobile. And this is a crib toy. It's not meant to be touched or anything. It hangs over the crib. And you may notice a lot of these crib toys, they, they're super cute. They've got little animals or whatever. But really, what, what does the baby see? So you're, the baby's in the crib. So our toy has these graphics so that that is what the baby, it really is for the baby and their visual development. So, and it comes with these little cards that you can change out as the, as the vision develops. Right. Now I want to uh, share about the toys that are more activity-based or, or musical, because those are fun for the toddlers. Right. So again, it, these toys are fun to play with for the kids, but they're also skill building. Uh, a lot of our toys are wood, and there is another added benefit to that. We think of them as more heritage toys. They can, because they're not flimsy, you you can hand them down. You can share them. You can save them for your next child. So there is a an intrinsic sustainability element in, in the toys that we make. But specifically, the toddler uh, activity toys and musical toys it's become a huge part of our business because I think moms must see how, how much the kids enjoy playing with them. They're, they entertain them, but they're also, the kids are doing things again. They're, they're moving things. They're figuring out cause and effect. Like if I move this speed, this happens. And if I do this, those fall down. So it, it is skill building, but they're also, you know, fun for the kids to play with. And because a big part of our what we care about is design matters, I think they also, they look good in the nursery. They look good on the living room floor. So it's something that uh, you, can, you can feel good about uh, on many levels as a parent or a gift giver. Yes, yes. Now I want to go into the social emotional uh, line of toys. Yeah. So my older son loves the Making Faces magnet set. And I think it's a really fun way for them to manipulate, you know, the eyes and the ears and glasses or not, figure out, are they happy, sad, upset? And so can you tell us more about the social emotional line of toys? Probably two years ago, we started to become aware of this element of in preschools, they're trying to help kids to understand their emotions. Like if you feel sad or if you're mad, it's and also not judging those emotions. So there's this whole this whole train of thought where helping kids identify, and it also helps them to communicate how they're feeling. So we got interested in, in creating a toy that was fun to play with, but also might help kids to identify those feelings and and have fun, like make funny faces too, of course. That's that's always part of it. <laughs> But it was kind of timely because we developed this before the pandemic. And I think since then, especially for little kids, it's with everyone wearing masks, it's even harder for them to know. They see they see the humans in their life. They don't always 
they can't tell, they can't recognize any expressions because our faces are half covered up now. So especially right. in a daycare uh, setting or a preschool. So we found that, that this toy has really kind of taken off. It's often it takes a while for a new toy to get some traction, but but this one has really taken off from the beginning. And I think part of it is 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 fueled by the, the pandemic, but also it just it's part of the the development that that people are recognizing that little kids need. Yes. And then the last um, collection I'd love to highlight is the dolls um, and you know the plush line of toys. My daughter loves her Stella doll and uh, Playdate friends. And she um, enjoys uh, putting the doll in the stroller and taking her for a walk. And um, with Stella changing her diaper or, you know, feeding her her pretend baby food. And it's the sweetest thing to witness as a parent, that nurturing element that, you know, a four-year-old has in them, you know. And so tell us about the intention behind this doll collection. Well, uh, little kids tend to bond with their stuffed animals or their Stellas. I mean, they, they often will pick a toy and like that's their, that's their little friend. And then they're modeling the good behavior that, that they're learning from their moms. They're seeing how their moms take care of them. So they are then applying that to their little friends that they love. So I just think it's just a really good and healthy way to show to, for them to learn empathy and to learn to take care of something that they care about. So yeah, it's so true. And I mean, it's, it makes me laugh when I hear her saying, you have to finish <laughs> in a sing-song way, or we're going to change your diaper now. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's how I sound. <laughs> and one other fun point to add about the dolls, the Playdate Friends line is machine washable. How brilliant. You know, in this time of the pandemic where, you know, we are sanitizing everything. I mean, how, how did you come up with the fabric and, and thought behind that? Probably some of these ideas are planted because of the trend research that we do. And we maybe don't even totally realize it at the time. But but the washable Playdate Friends was developed before the pandemic. So we came up with this idea. We did some research. There aren't, there might be one doll that is machine washable, but it's not recommended to put it in the dryer. I mean, I won't claim there aren't any, but there are very few. So because we have um, built uh, our line of soft dolls, we felt like this was kind of a good idea that you could, because you see little kids with their dolls dragging them in the, on the playground in the dirt and everything. And it just, it just felt like a good idea that wasn't really, there wasn't a lot of choices, let's say, mm-hmm. in, the, in the market. So so we were on our last, the last trip we were able to take, uh, a sourcing trip, we, we just started playing with this idea and what will it look like and what kind of clothes would it have? And they all have to be washable. So it was kind of a fun little challenge we had made. And then, of course, it as it released, we have the pandemic again, which really made it super relevant. But I think it is anyway, just, you know, 
kids bring their, their little friends everywhere and, and they get dirty. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So tell us about the distribution channels because you have the website, manhattantoy.com, but there's a slew of others and this is actually a global brand. It is. We have office we have an office in London and a full sales representation there and then distributors around the world. So and that's managed both in our Minneapolis and our London office. So we sell in most every channel that that's available to us. We do direct sales. We have a series of reps throughout the U.S. that then go out to um, the retailers in their areas. So, so we've got the rep network. We've got direct sales. We've got distributors, uh, and uh, we also have some other online uh, e-commerce sites like like Masonette, which is a site that we we love internally just because they have beautiful things. And then, so we have a nice representation of product there too. And our e-commerce business has grown this year, of course. And I think it just set our business model ahead a couple of years because that's how people want to shop and how they're buying right now. So we just want to be where they are, of course. So mm-hmm. okay, yeah. a lot of custom work also in uh, in addition to our what we call our core line which is the line that that you would see on our website but we've we've got a custom collection for Harrods in London we do custom for Target Barnes and Noble TJ Maxx and we're working on a rather large grouping for anthropology too so that one's still in the works, but uh, they carry a lot of our, our regular core items too. And what are some of the price points? I know it's a range because there's so many different collections, but just to kind of give an idea to those listening. We are definitely above middle, but we are not like super high end either. So I think we fall sort of in that range. We're kind of in the middle between mid to high price because of the materials we use and the quality of design and construction that we do and all of the safety elements that we add. I mean, all of those elements make, so we're not, we're not the lowest priced line, but, but our quality is so important to us that we end up being sort of in that mid range. Uh, we have some of our core rattles and teethers uh, might start at around $10. And then if you get into more of the complex activity toys, they are 100 to $120 is probably where we top out. Yeah, that's great. Now, kids are not the only little ones that you're serving. You are going to be coming out with a line for pets, right? Yeah, I'm so excited about our pet line because I am a dog lover too. But again, as it's like it all comes together, sort of like everybody's getting rescue pets and they're seeing the pandemic as a time when they can devote to training or whatever. So, so there is a pet boom going on. But again, this started before that, of course. I think our pet line will follow our same values that our toy line has. So we want to provide comfort. So we have a few items that are really meant to, like you bring that new puppy or that new rescue home and you want it to feel this is home. 
So we've got a couple of toys uh, developed for that. And then also for, for dogs, their bonding is their playtime. So we've got a whole bunch of playtime bonding toys with really great squeakers. That was uh, essential. And then also we're thinking of really the lifespan of your pet. So as it starts getting older, does it also have a comfy place to land and, you know, just a place to, to be comfortable in the home, but also like if you might be traveling and you're going in the car, so we've got a play mat, a roll up play mat that can travel. So if you put it in your car, your, your dog will feel that little bit of home and calm down a bit, or if you're visiting or wherever you might take your dog, this, this, it's a roll up uh, quilted mat. So it is, it's portable. And the whole idea is to help your, your pet feel comfortable and soothed, just like we would for our kids. Oh, so sweet. What is life like as a grandmother for you? I felt the same way with my kids. It's like, because I think I must be a little immature at, at my core because I feel like it's a way to relive my own childhood. So I did that with my kids and now we've got these new fresh little ones and it's fresh life and everything for them is they're experiencing everything for the first time. And so it's really joyful to be able to be part of that. I'm not a real baby person. I kind of like it better when they get a little older and you can talk with them and build things and read books. And so uh, my oldest grandson is six now. And so we, we are able to do that and more. It's super fun. One thing we've done, he lives in New Jersey, my daughter does. And at the beginning of the pandemic, we decided one way to keep in touch was that we would he usually gets to pick a topic and we both will draw a picture of that. And then we have a show and tell on zoom. So we've kept that up and just months and months of drawings and got a stack like this tall. And I, I did drive out to see them in New Jersey and I brought the whole stack of drawings. And so we've got his drawings and my drawings and that it was just a super fun way to stay connected. And we talk and, play games on on our uh, iPads and things like that. So hopefully someday we won't have to do that much. But um, again, he he lives in a different state. So it's still a way to stay connected and have a relationship, even though he's not in the same city. I don't like the word grandma. I mean, to me, that's that sounds so old. And I am uh, I'm a baby boomer. I don't identify with that. So (laughs) So my daughter came up, I I had a grandma who I adored, and I lost her way too young, but her name was Minnie. I mean, that was her real name, not a nickname. It was Minnie. So my daughter thought, well, you should be Minnie. It's, It's a cute name, but it's also really aspirational because I want to be as good as my Minnie was. So all the, all the little kids now call me Minnie. That's so adorable. I love that. Um, and it's so special to you. Yeah, you know? it is. That's great. Um, do they think that you're the coolest grandma in the world because you work for a toy company? Yeah, well, they should <laughs> do, but I, they might just think that's normal. That's what everybody does. I don't know, but um, they do, I, they do get a lot of little toys and we've got lots of little dogs um John Luca has about 
20 dogs on his bed and he's, they all have their own names and he knows if one's missing. And so I think they think it's cool, but I don't know. Oh my gosh. I think any kid would be like, wow, you're around toys all day long for your job. That's amazing. (laughs) I want to do that. (laughs) I know it is. It is kind of, it's a great spot to be in. It really is super Mm -hmm. fun category. Yes. Please share a uh, mom sense moment that you've had. And by that, I mean, you know, a moment where you just trusted your intuition when it came to your kids. So especially my son, he's sensitive, right? So when he was little kindergarten age, let's say, there were days where he just wanted to, to stay home with me and I wanted him to stay home with me. On one hand, I thought, well, it's not responsible to do this. And I have to call the school. I can't make something up. I have to tell them the truth. But I think those those days, and we didn't do it very often, but those days that we spent together, I think were really important. So maybe a little bit not the right thing to do, but, mm-hmm. but we did take days off and hung out together, just the two of us. Oh, I love it. You're giving me ideas about playing hooky now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget our quote of the day. Um, Is there a quote that you live by? Loosely, I would say that I try to stay flexible in my thinking. I don't want to get set in my ways. I don't want to get in ruts that that way, mostly in my, my thoughts. So it's more of a just a general philosophy of trying to stay open. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. And Mom Hall. So this is a fun segment where, you know, we share with those listening. um, Is there a product that you're absolutely loving for yourself right now that has been, you know, a go-to for you? Yes, actually. This is kind of brilliant. Uh, this company thought of this, but it's it's sort of a high-end skincare line called Tata Harper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's like a lot of skincare lines. There's like 12 steps and you just don't know, well, would I need that or that? And it's so expensive. What would I do? So they've come out with these like small kits. They're like spa kits of smaller amounts of product and it comes in a beautiful box and the directions on what to do. So there's mine has a five-step process. So I do the full five steps like on a weekend sort of thing. But it's a way to try try all these things out. In the end, I might end up purchasing full size of a couple of them. But, but it also feels like super fun to have like a spa night sort of thing. And so I would totally recommend that. And it goes back to that trying to take care of yourself as a mom a little bit. So I would recommend that. A personal go-to is is candles. I think having mood for breakfast or any time really. But but when it's darker, breakfast is good. But just a little a little ambiance. And then there is another site called Smallable. And this started out as predominantly for kids, kids' products, but they've grown it into a family lifestyle site. So they've got its clothes, its toys, its product, its home decor, and all beautifully curated. So I think that is, even if you're just like 
looking through and wishing, but it's a very inspiring uh, site to look at. Wonderful. And now where can all my listeners and audience find Manhattan Toy? Well, that's pretty easy. You just Mm -hmm. go to manhattantoy.com and our full line will be up on our website there. That's wonderful. And we can follow you on social media as well? Yes, we're everywhere. We're on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, all the usual places. Right. (laughs) The usual suspects. That's wonderful. Jeannie, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story and the story of Manhattan Toy. It's a company with so much heart. It's wonderful that you're serving parents who are just looking for resources to Uh, help spark joy and curiosity and imagination in their kids. And having you at the helm, I can see why. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for tuning in to this very special episode with Manhattan Toy Company. It has been a joy partnering with the company. Thank you so much to Jeannie Blue and Amanda Malstad and the entire team for being so wonderful. And you're truly a joy to work with. As mentioned earlier, definitely check out their products at manhattantoy.com and you can use my code 20MOMSENSE or In the search term, type in MomSense, and you will be provided your own unique code to redeem, which is 20% off your order. I know you're going to love all that they have for age groups, newborn on up. For updates on upcoming episodes, check out my website, that's totalmomsense.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta and Facebook, and the page is That's Total Mom Sense. Thank you all for being in my corner. It's because of you that I want to keep providing really compelling and thoughtful content. Always trust your mom sense and your dad sense. Stay strong, super parents. See you next time. That's total mom sense.